episode of Awkwardly Cool. Hope everyone is doing well. And been a while since I've done my last podcast. And it feels like I've been saying that way too often. I know I need to to improve my consistency in this. One thing that certainly helps is the fact that we are reaching peak sports season. And I mean peak sports season. The NBA season gets started in just three days from now, guys. I don't know if you knew. I don't know if you've kept up. But yes, the start of the regular season starts October 19th. First game between the Nets and the Bucks, a rematch of the Eastern, Conf- Eastern Conference semifinals. And um, I had trouble remembering that for a second. And a matchup between the the Lakers and the Warriors, new look Lakers with the addition of Russell Westbrook, uh, Carmelo Anthony, guys like Kendrick Nunn, Bazemore. It, it's it, uh, with the return of Rajon Rondo and return of Dwight Howard. It'll be interesting to see how they look against the Warriors. We'll have Clay Thompson back by then, but the Warriors, once they benched James Wiseman last year, sort of started to go on a run. So they should look pretty good as well for this, at least for the start of the year. Well, for the start of the year, and especially later on in the year, once uh, Clay Thompson comes back. By the way, we're getting into NFL Week Six. NFL season has been exciting. Been a lot of and a MVP talk as far as who's the MVP. You've heard names like Justin Herbert. Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson has been a big name. Kyler Murray, even though that slowed down a little bit. It's peak sports season, which makes it that much easier to do a podcast. And I'm going to start by talking about something I kind of avoided. I wanted to avoid, but it's sort of hard to not talk about it, especially considering the fact that the it's the elephant in the room in the Nets-Bucks matchup that Kyrie Irving will not be playing. And it feels weird to say if you didn't know, but if you happen to be under a rock, no issues with that. No judgment, by the way. You you may have not known that Kyrie Irving will not start the season with the Nets and depending on his vaccination status, will not play the rest of the year. It was due to uh, what do you call it? Municip- municipality role in New York that home teams, especially indoors, are not allowed to play unless you're fully vaccinated. And because he wouldn't make the Nets home game, uh, the Nets did not want to have Kyrie as a part-time player. So they recently announced he would not play the rest of the season. He'll still get paid the away games. However, he's set to lose half of his salary because of his decision not to be vaccinated. Kyrie has been fairly silent on this for the most part, though he recently came out on an IG live and spoke his opinion on it, saying he's not an anti-vaxxer, but he's just chosen not to get vaccinated. And for him, he was blindsided because he felt as if that he would be able to play without being vaccinated because at the time there wasn't, and still at this moment, the NBA doesn't have a, a mandatory vaccination policy for its players, but the new, the rules coming out of, or the regulations coming out of, coming out of New York, as well as California and 
as far as relevant to this situation, New York, were unexpected to him. Just a few thoughts, because I know how divisive the vaccination issue can be, and which is why I don't want to spend too much time on it. I'll just say that Kyrie is an overall, an overall good dude, does a lot of amazing work in the community. And besides uh, questionable thinking on a few things, even uh, even in this situation, he's overall shown to be not a bad guy. He's not a bad guy. And again, he does a lot of really good community work. I'll just say it's in the context of a team sport, the fact that he's an athlete, athletes have, athletes take supplements. They have trainers and doctors working on them all the time. When you have a surgery, you have someone who's a professional working on your body and you won't know everything that is in it. And the fact that this vaccination is maybe what holds him back, because I think it's important to note, 96% of NBA players are vaccinated, 96%. And as far as we know, well, at least in cases of New York, San Francisco, the only big name players who've held out Andrew Wiggins, but he saw how much money he was set to lose. So he got vaccinated and Kyrie apparently. And as far as we know, believe the rest of his teammates have gotten vaccinated. And if you remember, Kyrie Irving was the one that brought James, well, had Kevin Durant come there initially and Elite was at least a part of James Harden deciding to join the Brooklyn Nets. And it's mostly just unfortunate that a vaccination, vaccinations are something people have done since they were kids, at least if your parents aren't anti-vaxxers. But even if they are, I believe there are just certain shots, injections that you have to take at some point in life. And you don't know everything that's in it. Uh, there's been a lot of research on this vaccine. There have been more than, what, six billion first doses that have come out, which is a really, really large sample size as far as figuring out whether it's good for you or not. And the fact he said he did not expect that the there would be any sort of vaccination requirement, I don't know, it strikes me as a bit unprepared because, I mean, you've been seeing it more and more in the NFL and you saw the rules with the NBA, we're kind of pushing towards this. So it's not, it wasn't something that should have completely blindsided him. I mean, I've heard some athletes like Steven Jackson, Keyshawn Johnson, Jay Williams, uh, guys like that on the ESPN and the outside of sports, like support him. But again, plays with team sport. Apparently he didn't do much research on the vaccine, even though it's been out for a little over a year now. And there apparently there were reports that he's doing this to fight for workers who have lost their jobs due to vaccination requirements. I don't know if he actually even talked about that much on the IG live, if he was fighting for those people, though, I think it's also important to mention that COVID has actually lost, uh, thousands upon thousands, hundreds of thousands of people, their lives as well. So I think that's important to recognize also. Again, I don't want to talk too much about it. And I know I probably scared some people off, but I'll end it with this. I do think Kyrie is going to play at some point this season, either with the Nets or with someone else. Cases have been going down recently. So cases... it's pot. It's entirely possible that cases or rates of uh, positive COVID cases are reduced enough to the point that 
New York removes their regulations and Kyrie can play again, even if unvaccinated. If that doesn't work out, it's also a possibility the Nets try to trade him. That's a second possibility, especially considering on the IG Live, I failed to mention this earlier that Kyrie mentioned that he doesn't plan on retiring, which helps the Nets have a possibility of potentially trading him if it comes to that. Also, it's possible Kyrie just ends up getting vaccinated. I mean, he's ha- he's in danger of losing money. He hasn't actually started losing the money yet. Once he starts losing the money, once his start- pockets start getting a little bit lighter, I mean, money tends to talk and losing your money directly just because you don't want to take two shots or even one shot because I think they even allowed the Johnson and Johnson seems like a lot to lose over something fairly small. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I hope Kyrie plays this year just because he's an, an exciting player to watch. It'll make the Nets that much more exciting. I still think the Nets are slight favorites this year, even without Kyrie. However, look the way the Bucks are looking, especially with Giannis apparently having a jump shot, though we'll see how that translates into the regular season. Yeah, it's uh, it uh, it is going to be an interesting season, regardless. Now, on to some more positive news, some actual sports news, some NFL thoughts. As I talked about, MVP race has been really exciting, and one player I want to talk about a little bit is Lamar Jackson and just his overall improvement as a passer. I've been a fan of Lamar Jackson as a player since he got drafted. I mean, it's hard not to be a fan just because he's such a unique talent with his speed, his quickness, and even the the passing ability he showed because I remember, and Dominique Foxworth has talked about it, him and Mina Kimes on ESPN put out an article about how Lamar is an underrated passer, how he normally actually prefers to stay in the pocket when he's passing and doesn't like getting out to the perimeter to pass. He's actually someone who preferred to stay in the pocket. The problem with him was he was just inaccurate. He read defenses. He goes to first, second. He went through first, second, and third while he was at Louisville. It wasn't something that was foreign to him. He just had issues with his accuracy. And even now, you still see him miss wildly at times. But as you saw against the Colts game, I mean, he passed for over 400 yards with an 86% completion percentage. He's, uh, if you look at pro football focus, he's had three straight games of an 80 plus passing grade, which is really, really good in general, which honestly, the top of the top quarterbacks do it as far as having three games in, in a row of that. And he'll have a chance to do that for four games in a row against a Chargers defense that likes to stop the deep pass when the Ravens are the most explosive passing offense in the league against another MVP candidate in Justin Herbert as well. So that should be an exciting matchup, 1 1 p.m. Eastern. People have had Lamar as MVP. People make their cases for Justin Herbert. They have a chance to play each other. And ultimately, they'll get to settle on the field. Of course, uh, the MVP race won't end after week six, but we'll get closer and closer to figuring out who the likely MVP candidates are going to be. Another game that should be pretty good between a potential or with at least one MVP candidate involved is with the Cardinals and Browns. That's right. Kyler Murray plays, goes up against Baker Mayfield's Browns. That should be a 
good matchup. Uh, Cardinals, by the way, are the only undefeated team in the league at this point. So we'll see if they're able to make it to six and zero by the end of the, this game. The Browns are three and two, but if they lose this game, they'll end up being three or five hundred on the year, three and three. It's a really important game for them as well. And another game involving an MVP candidate or a Dark Horse MVP candidate, because I didn't even mention him earlier, by the way, is Dak Prescott's Cowboys versus Mac Jones and the Patriots. Should be a good matchup. The Patriots, I believe, are going to be at home. And the Cowboys are favored to win. But it's one of those things. The Cowboys have lost only one game this year. And that was their first game against the Buccaneers. And from that point on, they've looked pretty good with some pretty impressive wins. I mean, they had a, they had a win over the, the, the Chargers earlier in the year, as well as a win against the Panthers, who were undefeated at the time, I believe. So it's going to be a good matchup. Patriots aren't either. They have a they have a good, pretty good defense. It's going to be a fun matchup. It's going to be a fun matchup. NFL se- season has been fun, and it will be interesting how we look as we get further and further to the through half of the season. By the way, half it won't be quite fully half once we get to week eight because reminder we have 17 games this year instead of 16 games like i said we are getting into the thrust of sports season where you're going to have nba nfl on all the time and it's a good time to be in and finally going to end talking about something that i say to the end but i'll be honest with you wasn't the most excited to talk about is my team tiers and i was excited for the first team tiers second team third team even fourth team but the fifth t- but the fifth tier teams not as exciting because many of these teams are likely lottery bound there is only one team here i could see potentially making the plan but we'll get there let's start off in the east so in the fifth tier i'll start with the magic magic ended up drafting jalen suggs he looked good during summer league should be a, and he looks like he has the potential to be a good player who provides leadership they just signed Wendell Carter to a four-year, $50 million extension. Obviously, have some trust in him him as well. Another rookie they drafted is Franz Wagner, who's looked good. They they have a decent, okay roster. Oh, Cole Anthony is there, is there Terrence Ross. But again, it's one of those things, even though I like Jalen Suggs, hard for me to see them doing much this coming year. Another team is the Cavaliers. Cavaliers made some moves in the offseason. Uh, sign, signing Jared, Jared Allen to an extent to an extension or re-signing Jared Allen. Darius Gar- Garland Colin Sexton return. It'll be interesting to see how they p- play together. Kevin Love should be back and healthy, hopefully, throughout the year. We'll see what happens unless he gets traded at some point this season. And that's an underrated addition to the team that could make them better than they appear to be. Lori Markinen, they ended up adding as well. 
doesn't play any type of defense, but he's a big that can shoot a little bit. And their rookie, Evan Mobley, who he's a big. Big men take a little bit of time to really get accustomed to the NBA game. So I don't think he should be Judge Hari either way. But looking at this roster, it is hard for me to see them doing anything more than being a lottery bound team at this point. We'll see if they prove me wrong, but I'd be shocked if they're even close to the play in playing game by half of the season. Finally, last team in the East, Detroit Pistons. Made a big move by signing Cade Cunningham. They had the first pick in the draft. Haven't played much preseason games. I think he's had an injury, but it'll be interesting to see how he looks with the team. Jeremy Grant surprised some people last year as far as how well he played. Though the, the team didn't win a lot of games and is like not projected to win a lot of games this coming year. Sadiq Bay was also another player who, who looked good. However, it's just hard for me to see them doing much next year. There's, they just seem to be a team that's still, I was going to say one year away, but a few years away away from being a good team going to the west this first team honestly this is the and as i mentioned earlier there's one team here i well two teams actually that i could see being a little bit better than you would expect and even worthy of being lottery team as far as having a good chance at, as far as making the plan or you wouldn't be surprised or i wouldn't be surprised if they made the plan and that's the sacramento kings sacramento kings low key have a lot of depth on their team. Drafted uh, Davion Mitchell, who's looked like a defensive fiend. Resigned Rashawn Holmes. Traded for Tristan Thompson, I believe. Ty- of course, Tyrese Halliburton, De- Darren Fox, and Harrison Barnes return. The coaching is questionable. The coaching by Luke Walton is questionable. But again, there's so much depth on the team. And you could see improvements there. Aaron Fox, Iris Halliburton, what Davion Mitchell could provide them, what Tristan Thompson could provide them, as well as Rashawn Holmes. I could see them exceeding expectations. Another team I could see exceeding expectations is the Minnesota Timberwolves. They've been involved in uh, Ben Simmons rumors as well. Still don't know if they have the pieces, but they have a really good player in Carl Anthony Towns. Anthony Edwards had a good year last year and if he progresses continues to progress this year as well as having teammates like D'Angelo Russell who can provide good contributions and Ricky Rubio you could see the Timberwolves potentially surprising and maybe making the plan I don't I don't have as much faith in them honestly as I do the King but also you never know if they somehow find a way to trade for Ben Simmons as well taking that into account they may end up playing a little better than expected. So I think they're going to be an interesting team to watch. A lot of these teams are considered uh, league pass teams for sure. Oklahoma City Thunder. I feel really bad for Shea Gilgis Alexander. Such a good good player. Stuck on a team that is tanking now. Is going to tank probably next year and who knows, may even tank the year after that. Sam Presti is a good GM but it's just one of those things where when you see when you're in the moment of actively tanking and I get it I get it you just want talented players it's just sort of hard to it's sort of hard to watch and I'm sure it's difficult for the fans as well but you have some good players Lou Dortz really solid defender showed some improvements last year they drafted Josh Giddy. He, he's looked okay in the preseason game once he was able to come back from 
injury. DJ Wilson is there and Derek Favors provides defense as well. Again, you don't see them doing much, but they have some talent, which makes them worthy of at least being a league pass team. And speaking of league pass teams, the Houston Rockets are going to be my league pass team. They just got players that are going to be fun to watch. I don't expect them to be any good at all, but Jalen Green looks like he is going to be a bucket getter. It looks going to be interested to see his progress. Christian Wood has issues on defense, but he is a fun offensive player to watch. Same thing with Kevin Porter Jr. And he, they even have some solid role players around them, like with Deshaun Tate, uh, David Nawaba as well. Uh, after Alperon Sengun, who should, looks like he, he's going to be a solid, solid player as well. I don't think they're going to be any good, but they could have some close games and pre, be a fun team to watch. And finally, the last team on the list is the San Antonio Spurs. Shout out to Greg Popovich continuing to coach. Spurs feel like they're just a long time or a long ways away from being the team that just consistently made the playoffs and you could never count them out. That does not look to be the case this year. Derek Wright White returns and should be healthy this year. It's going to help. DeJounte Murray's look good. Lonnie Walker. Uh, the player they drafted, people felt like they drafted him too high. Joshua Primo has looked pretty good during summer league and even during preseason games. That provides a solid lift as well as Yaka Pertle. Plays really solid defense. They're going to be a solid team. I just don't think they have. Oh, and you, you know they're going to have good, good coaching with Greg Popovich, I failed to mention. It's just I don't expect them to be a team that does much this year. However, it'll be interesting to see what their young players do and how they progress. That's the end, end of NBA team tiers. Finally, did the fit tier team was able to do it three days before the NBA season started. Looking forward to watching the NBA with you guys in three days. Looking forward to watching the NFL with you guys tomorrow. Again, we are in peak sports season and we're essentially going to have good sports to watch every day. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of Awkwardly Cool. Take care.